0: at loveisrael.org that's one word loveisrael.org now here's Baruch with today's lesson
1: today I have good news for you because we're going to begin a discussion on the gospel and the gospel is good news but not just any good news it is specifically good news about redemption And through redemption, we find salvation. We find hope, a sure hope that has an eternal kingdom consequence. That through redemption, we will be in the kingdom of God and know the blessings of God and the promises of God forever and ever. As I said, there is no better news than the gospel. And the gospel begins. With the birth of Messiah take out your Bible and look with me to Luke's Gospel and chapter 2 now Luke is going to give us an account concerning the birth of Yeshua and he is going to give us great detail secondly we need to always remember something when we open up the scripture we see chapters and verses in the original text, there were no chapter citations nor verse references. And one of the things that's good about that is this we would read something and we would see a closer connection between what was said and what's going to be said. And what do I mean by that? Well, last week we concluded chapter one. And many times we begin a new chapter and we forget what was just said. And we read last week about John the Baptist, that he was in the wilderness, the deserts. Now, whenever that word appears in the Bible, desert or wilderness, it's that Hebrew word midbar. That term for wilderness or desert has to do with dependence, anytime it's mentioned in the scripture it conveys to the reader a message of trusting God believing in God being dependent upon God leaning upon God and here's what we find that is the last thing that is mentioned in chapter 1 and when we begin chapter 2 concerning the birth of Messiah Luke wants us to know that Messiah came into this world for those who understand their dependence upon God without God there's no hope without his redemption without God rescuing us and how did he do that this eternal son of God he entered into this world taking upon himself human flesh through the incarnation By means of that conception through the Holy Spirit, that God might redeem humanity. Now, the offer and the potential is for all the world. Now, we know that because the scripture tells us, for God so loved the world. Elsewhere, that same John tells us that he died not only for our sins, meaning believers, but for the sins of the world so this message of Redemption is a very broad one being offered to all people but hear this it's a very narrow message it is very specific it's only only through what Messiah what Jesus Christ did upon that cross shedding his blood giving his life and that being confirmed as acceptable to God because god raised him from the dead it all begins with the birth of messiah he entered into this world because there was no other way humanity was dependent upon this this one this means through the work of yeshua so look with me to that second chapter of the gospel of luke notice how it begins but it came about in those days now that first word but shows a a contrast now there's a a uniting of John being in the wilderness that message of dependence but we're moving on to a related issue but one that is different so it says in verse one but it came about in those days that a decree literally the Greek word dogma a decree went forth from Caesar Augustus now here we see something we see that Caesar being all the way where in Rome and Rome in this time was the Empire that was ruling over the world and the fact that Caesar and the Roman Empire is alluded to tells us something What we're reading about in Luke chapter 2 has implications for all the world. Notice what it says. This came about, this decree from Caesar Augustus. And what was it? That all the world should be registered, meaning that there should be a census taken. Now, because of this census, all the world, was was affected by that. And this is to tell the reader that the birth Messiah is placed within this context. Why? Because His birth affects all the world. It can bring a change. What type of change? A redemptive change. Now, one of the things that we need to remember is that marriage, marriage is a redemptive covenant. It has within the parameters of marriage a redemptive aspect. There is something paid, and we see a transfer. That woman who belonged to one family becomes now, because of redemption, that payment, she becomes a member, a new member of a different family. We see that she enters into a relationship with her husband, but also she becomes part of a new family. There's a transition. And in that same way, through the redemptive work of Messiah, you and I become part of a new family, the family of God. So all of this is being constructed in a way to teach us these principles. So all the world should be registered. And then look at verse 2. This decree, this registering, first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. Now, again, we see something, historical fact. When we look at this, we know that there was a Caesar Augustus. We know in history about this census. And notice that we're given a very specific time reference when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all of this conveys to you and me, the reader, that this is historical. That's the reason for it being written down in this manner. This decree that went forth from Caesar Augustus in the days that, that Quirinius was governing over Syria. Historical fact that can be proven so we know the timing, the timing for the birth of Messiah. Now look at verse 3. It says, All went forth to be registered, each one into his own city now again everyone's life was going to be altered by this this census no matter where you were you had to go back to your historical city and this is going to reveal something very important because there's going to be an emphasis on one family and this family has already been discussed we're talking about a woman named miriam oftentimes in english called mary but her hebrew name because she is indeed jewish is miriam and if you look at it in the greek text it says just that miriam it doesn't say mary and also in this passage of scripture we see that that this one that we're going to speak of He went up from the Galilee. Galilee, what should come into our mind? A revealing of something. And we're going to see how God is at work in fulfilling his covenantal promises. So this one also, now look at verse 4. But Joseph also went up from Galilee into a city, Nazareth. Now Nazareth, we need to understand that it is derived not from the same word as the Nazarene vow. Many people think that Yeshua he had long hair because he was a Nazarene. This is false. The Scripture doesn't say that. The Scripture says he was from Nazareth, is the way we say it in Hebrew. So it has nothing to do. It's a different spelling it has nothing to do with that that vow that one would take not to cut their hair it's a different spelling a different word and this term nazareth also has prophetic implication that is the town of nazareth because it's formed from a word that speaks about a shoot that is kind of a twig that goes forth from a stump and we know the prophecy concerning messiah that There is going to be a netzer a a shoot a twig that goes forth from the stump of jesse and who was jesse in hebrew yishai he was the father of king david why is that important we'll look again at our text verse 4 but also joseph went up from galilee he was leaving there in galilee in this city of nazareth But where did he go into judea into that land that was given to the tribe of judah why well even though he was living in galilee his heritage was from the tribe of judah and not only from the tribe of judah which is a messianic tribe we know that from genesis 49 and verse 10 but notice what else is said here into the city of david now we're dealing with the family of david king david why is that important because this is the messianic lineage and it says he went to the city of david which is called bethlehem and we know prophetically in micah for example chapter 5 in your bible probably verse 2 but in the hebrew it's verse 1 same verse just a different number it speaks about how god is going to do something mighty in bethlehem and what is that just what we're reading about that the messiah will be manifested he will have a connection with that city bethlehem because of david we know that messiah is the son of david meaning of that same family so god is at work prophetically Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem and therefore God allowed brought about however you want to think of it but for this birth there was this census this census impacted the world just like the birth of Messiah impacts the world but it also caused Joseph who was content living in the north of Israel in Galilee in that city of Nazareth to have to get up and go to Bethlehem the city of his heritage why we'll just keep reading it says that that through him being in this this household from the household and the family of David so because he was of not just of the tribe of Judah but also being from the family of King David that's his heritage he had to go back to the city of David that is Bethlehem now Bethlehem is also known in the account of Ruth, that that book of Ruth and we know that through a very important commandment that we read about in Deuteronomy 25 that that Boaz through what's known as being the Redeemer He married this woman, Ruth, and through them came about a child named Ovid, which means a servant, one who works. And through this one came eventually Yishai, the father of David, and the Messianic lineage was established. And now we're going to see the fulfillment of what God had promised, that a Redeemer would visit the people in order to bring about a change a change offered to the world a redemptive change and redemption relates to salvation that through this one we can have victory a kingdom victory and a kingdom victory is the best victory to have to be in the kingdom of god forever and ever and ever it only comes through redemption Notice what the scripture says now in verse 5. To be registered with, and we have again Miriam, that is Mary. And who was Mary to, to Joseph? Well, it says the woman who had betrothed, been betrothed to him. Now that's important. Miriam is the woman who had been betrothed to him and betrothal and we talked about this betrothal makes them legally married and if they wanted to get a divorce there would have to be that divorce decree now we know joseph he considered that but god through revelation through a dream moved joseph not to do that and therefore he took her to himself But he did not know her intimately until after there was the birth of Yeshua. And this is going to be attested to here in this passage as well. So look again, verse 5. In order to be registered, meaning agree to be part of that census, with Miriam, who was his wife, having been betrothed to him and she being with child. Now, this being with child was through the Holy Spirit. We're going to see this one, Miriam, even though she's married, even though she's pregnant, she had never been with a man. She conceived not in normal means, but rather through the Holy Spirit. She was a virgin until after Yeshua was born. And that's what we're going to focus in on. It says that she was his betrothed wife. And it says, she being with child, verse 6. And it came about while they were there. Where were they? In Bethlehem. It came about while they were there. That the days were fulfilled for her to give birth. Now, do you see the marvelous aspect of God? God arranged, he either used circumstances or caused those circumstances for Joseph to get up and go to Bethlehem, his historical city in order that he would be registered there, according to Roman law, in that location. And while he was there, not by chance, but by the providence of God, it says the days were fulfilled. Now, God knows everything. God had Gabriel go to Miriam and speak about how she was going to conceive by the Holy Spirit, she says how can I be with child never knowing a man well Gavriel answered that question the Holy Spirit will give you conception and that's why she's with child and that's why at that perfect timing what do we know we know that she's in the prophetic place Bethlehem according to that prophecy in Micah chapter 5 for her to give birth now remember something we are told earlier on in Luke chapter 1 verse 26 that she found herself having conceived in the sixth month that is the sixth month on the biblical calendar and therefore we know something see the Romans they did not want to to cause problems for the Jewish people and that's why for the most part they allowed. The israelites to worship as they wanted to in fact the the governor of judah would even participate at passover as a token of friendship releasing one prisoner for the sake of of the passover holiday keeping with what passover speaks of and that is being set free so it is absolutely an impossibility that they would have this census going on and someone would have to go up during a festival time so many people teach that that Yeshua was born among the messianics they teach many of them during the Feast of Tabernacles false there's no way that Joseph who was a righteous man who was serious about the word of God the commandments of God would violate the Torah and be in Bethlehem rather than in. Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. No, he wasn't born during the Feast of Tabernacles. We know he wasn't born in the winter time either. This December 25th has nothing to do with the true birth of Messiah. When would he have been born? In the late spring. And there's many pieces in the scripture of evidence to show us that is the right time we'll come to those in the future but for our purpose now notice what it says and it came about while they were there that the days were fulfilled for her to give birth verse 7 our last verse and she gave birth to and notice this to her firstborn son now it doesn't say there firstborn son usually when we speak about the firstborn it's in regard to the husband but not here the woman takes precedent it is being emphasized that this son that's born joseph had nothing to do with it biologically rather it was through the holy spirit using the womb of miriam for messiah to enter into this world to do in the future his work of redemption so it's very important that we see here and she gave birth to her firstborn son and what did she do very typical and she placed upon him swaddling clothes and she laid him in the manger now that's odd laying in a manger a manger and if you visit Israel and I hope you do you will be taken you will see what a manger is it is a feeding trough for animals where you can put grain for them to eat or sometimes water it's never made of wood but rather it's made of stone and what we see here is because and we're going to be told this just keep reading It says, and she laid him in the manger. Why? Because there was no room for them, no place for them in the inn. That word means in the lodging place, like a motel. There was no place for them. Why? So many people had visited Bethlehem because of the census. Where were they? Outside. They were in a. animal stall that's why the manger was there a feeding trough for animals food or water and she laid him there now that speaks of his humility it speaks of also prophetically no room for him that he is going to be rejected when we look at the various pieces of evidence that the scripture gives us the scripture informs us so much about him yes he's from the tribe of Judah yes he's from the family of David yes he was born in Bethlehem and let me just simply say when you look at all the events that had to be because of prophecy fulfilled it is so marvelous spectacular that 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 Yeshua fulfills all of these prophetic things concerning The timing, the place, the family, all of this. And this tells us that God is believable. What he says, he will keep. And in order for these things to be fulfilled, the whole world was impacted. The whole world had to be registered in this census. And again, what is the message? Very straightforward one. The birth of Messiah has implications for the world. His birth should interrupt your life. His birth should cause you to think about God. Think about God's providence, God's power, God's purposes, and the fact that God is a redeeming God. God moved the entire world in order that his word will be fulfilled. And let me share with you not only in regard to Messiah's first coming was everything fulfilled but also when he returns at the end of the age in order to establish his kingdom all those prophecies also in fact must be fulfilled and God's going to do just that he is going to fulfill all the prophecies left to be fulfilled when Messiah returns when he returns at the time of the blessed hope for believers, and then when he comes the second time, specifically to save that remnant of Israel. God is always faithful. And what's the message for us? Well, remember how this birth of Messiah began the context, and what was it? John the Baptist was in the desert. That speaks about dependence, trusting, relying And that's my message to you if you want eternal life if you want God working in your life today then you must depend upon the gospel the only means given to men by which we can be saved and have victory
0: well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others
1: we you